This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. Uh, my name is Rob Crane. And today our guest is JB Greer. JB is the director of player marketing for baseball with Octagon. Uh, JB, welcome to Front Office Features. Thank you for having me, Rob. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, and when doing the research in regards to your career, uh, you've got a totally unique um, you know, career path that, uh, you know, at least I find very interesting and I hope our, uh, hope our listeners too, but let's start kind of back in the day, right? But back in the day, isn't too far, right? You were, uh, you just got your, you got your career start. When'd you graduate? 2013 or so? 2014 is when I graduated. 2014, 2014, 2014. Um, that, so you graduated not too long ago, uh, from Xavier, uh, talk about what you did, uh, talk about the college student that you were at Xavier, right? Were you the, uh, you were part of the business, you were a uh, business peer leader. You were pretty engaged in college from a professional development standpoint early on. Would, is that an accurate depiction? Yeah, yes and no. I think that I there are times I wish I was more engaged. I feel like most people would say that. But um, yeah, definitely. I, I got to Xavier and I'm take, take even a further step backwards. I'm from a small town in Kentucky, west of Louisville. And Got to Xavier, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and for me, it was a totally new world, totally new experience, and just being in Cincinnati, that was a big city for me at the time, so for me, just being in the city and being with, with a bunch of people that were from all different parts of the country was was all new for me, and so for me, it was really just trying to find my lane and trying to dive in and just learn on the fly. You know, I, I didn't come from that background and that kind of world, and most of my friends either didn't go to college or stayed local in Kentucky. So Xavier was, was definitely a unique experience and we'll probably use the word unique quite a bit here, but, uh, <laughs> That's but okay. yeah, no, Xavier, Xavier was great. And, uh, I, I've made some efforts to get involved. Like I said, I probably wish it was more, but it, it was certainly a good experience. 
So talk a little bit when you were in Xavier and uh, your first thing out of college was, uh, well, I guess really in college was uh, sales and marketing for Fox Sports Ohio. Um, when you were in college, like what were you thinking of doing? Like take you take me from like freshman year. Did you know like, man, I want to be selling uh, baseball from day one or was there a, a, a path, a discovery path on finding which way was best for you? I think, Rob, we're still on the discovery path. So I'm, I'm That's good. still figuring it all out. I'm figuring life out. And I, I'd say you're probably the same, right? Like we're, it's never too, too late to stop learning. So we're still learning. But for me, part of the reason I chose Xavier is they had a really good sports management program and they're in Cincinnati, like I said. So for me, that was a city that had pro sports. And I, to take even a step backwards, Growing up, I always wanted to work in sports, right? Like I was the heyday of the 04 Red Sox and Theo Epstein was the youngest executive ever and was winning World Series and winning awards. And so for me, that was like my dream job was to be the next Theo Epstein. And that led me to Xavier. Hey, there's maybe more, there's opportunities here in a city with sports and in a private school, maybe that'll give me more opportunity. And I got to campus thinking sports management and I took a sports management class, like the first one on one, and I got like 110 in the class, right? Like it was, it was just a breeze. And I kind of thought, Hey, if I'm going to Xavier, it's, it's this big challenging school and honors program and all this stuff, you know, I should probably push myself. So I actually switched and went to just general business. So left the sports management track, got on the business track and really started focusing on finding experiences that were sports related. So for me in college, there was a group called extreme fans and it's like the crazy kids that run the student section and we gave out t-shirts and we worked the concession stand and sold hot dogs and like anything you could think of at the sporting events our job was to drive attendance for sporting events and Xavier basketball has no issues driving attendance and, and getting students to games but some of the other sports was a challenge so for me although it wasn't an internship it wasn't a job it wasn't anything official for my career that was really like where i built my experience in college and really the advice that i would give to to kids and especially college kids is like it doesn't have to be an internship at the league office or at nike or you know i, I was applying to all those things too and i wasn't getting them but i had to start with the resources that i had and that was joining the the board of directors and the leadership of extreme fans which was was big for my journey so i turned that into an unpaid internship with the Marvin Lewis Fund, who was <clears throat> coach of the Bengals, obviously, for 10, 12 years, and turned that un unpaid internship into my big break, my internship at Fox Sports Ohio that you mentioned. So super long chain of events, but for me, that those were the steps I had to take to get to Fox Sports Ohio, which was really, by the time I graduated, was really the centerpiece of my resume. So I find it interesting, too, that you went in as a sport management major, wanted to say in sports, but you thought business, the business school would be more challenging. Um, how hard was it to, was that an easy decision to make or was it uh, one that was painstaking? Not painstaking, but not easy. You know, it's one of those things where I think like a lot of students, it's almost discouraging, right? Like I go in as a freshman and think I'm going to be the next Theo Epstein. And when you first get told no the first couple of times, whether it's an internship or a job or, you know, hey, maybe this is going to be harder than I thought. I, I feel like I switched also more as, as kind of a security blanket, like as a fallback, like, hey, if I can't get this dream sports job, at least I'll have a business degree. 
which is probably not the best mindset to have, but that's where I was at the time. You know, I was, I was the only one out of my friends that, that was pursuing sports and a career. And I wanted to, to work at the Reds or in baseball and whatever it was in Cincinnati. And when that wasn't happening at first, that's when I started transitioning, like, Hey, maybe I should think of other options. Looking back, I would have told myself to double down and stay in sports and work even harder. And, you know, you might get told no a hundred times. Don't let these first five or 10 or 20 or whatever it was discourage you. But again, that's the path I took. So, so it, it got me to here. So I, I did a couple things, right. But at the yeah. end of the day, yeah, it was almost like, uh, you know, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Is this sports thing going to work? And then you get certain people in your ear, whether it's, you know, your friends or your classmates or, or mentors and it's, people will, will try to dissuade you from working in sports. Like, Oh, the pay's not good. It's super competitive. Um, you're going to have to leave. You're going to have to start in minor league baseball. And all those things are true, but it's, it kind of comes down to how bad do you want it? And for me at the time, I, I just wasn't safe or didn't feel safe pursuing that career, which in reality, I, I should have doubled down and bet on myself, which I had to do later, which we can kind of get into when I graduated. But yeah, that's that all those factors went into that decision of, of changing my major and writing it out as a business student. So talk about that. You um, you doubled down on yourself, and you also called Fox Sports Ohio your big break. Uh, talk about those two statements. Yes, well, big break as in, you know, it was the first job that I had that I got paid for to work in sports. So yeah, at right. the time, yeah. it was the biggest break. Like me getting that internship, which I think was $10 an hour, was, you know, I was over the moon. I was elated. This is a dream job. I got to go work at Reds games and do some of the promos and go in the office. And, you know, I was standing on set for some of the shoots that they did, like commercial shoots. So all of those things combined was awesome. And then put on top of it, I was getting paid to do it. So at the time I was like, I made it, you know, I, I, if you'd have gave me that job and I had to sign a 10 year contract, I probably would have at the time. <laughs> but it, like compare that to, to a baseball player who signs these extensions before they get called up. You know, it's like, you want that security and, Again, I'm glad I didn't do it. I'm glad that I, I waited and bet on myself. But yeah, that that's it was such a big break just because I was so happy to to have a job in sports that was an official internship and I had a title and I was getting a paycheck. So that was amazing. And then, you know, for me when I bet on myself, that gets into the next stage after graduation and going to work, which I'm sure you're getting to, but going to work at Teamwork Online in Cleveland, that was really, you know, when I feel like I, I had to bet on myself and and that was really the, the foundation for my career. So that's, that's I guess we're talking about that next. But yeah, I'll let you yeah let's talk. Let's talk. Let's dive right into it, my friend. Uh, why was that the, the foundation? You know, we think about teamwork online as, you know, every listener that we've got probably has applied for a job through teamwork online. Um, talk about your role there and, uh, you know, what, how your experience uh, over those four or five, three, uh, three or four years um, were, were able to, you know, catapult you to you know one of the biggest sports agencies in the world yeah so i add me to the list rob of people who was applying on teamwork online and and <laughs> that was certainly me so when i was graduating college i desperately wanted to work in sports and my my time at fox was i was wrapping up my time at Xavier was wrapping up and i was really faced with the decision you know do i want to stay in cincinnati with all my friends and you know try to pursue something there or again like go face this big, scary world in the sports industry and all that that entails between moving around and taking jobs and getting into sales, like all those things sounded scary to me at the time. 
and I was applying like crazy on teamwork and wasn't really getting these jobs that I was, was hoping for. And the common denominator, which I'm sure resonates with the audience was that all these rejection letters were coming from teamwork online. So I was like, what is this place? You know, who is this? Why, why do I have to go through this platform? Why it seems, it, it seems like they were the enemy, right? Like they're the ones rejecting. Huh. I don't even know if I'm being heard, which I know that a lot of candidates feel the same way. So, Eventually, Teamwork posted a job for Teamwork, and I saw it, and I got hit with one of those targeted emails, and I, it kind of sold me on the idea of why don't I go work for this big machine that seems to be running all the jobs in this industry, right? Like, why don't I go get behind the curtain and see what's going on and how these people are getting jobs, and, and that's really how it was sold to me, and that's that's what I drove up to Cleveland and started doing. So. For me, you know, teamwork online wasn't my dream job out of college. It, it, it didn't pay me the most. It, I hadn't moved to Cleveland. I didn't know anyone in Cleveland. And all those things that were scary about the sports industry, I just took on at teamwork, you know, rather than getting my dream job at the Reds or a league office or, or an NBA or whatever it might be. You know, my opportunity was teamwork. So I said, hey, this is the job offer I'm getting. This is the best thing I got going, and it seems to be the best place to go learn. So that's where I, I accepted it and drove up to Cleveland and, and started my career. So what were you doing at, uh, describe what you were doing at, uh, at Teamwork um, when you first got there? So Teamwork has a history and has a platform of people like myself who go work for a certain amount of time. It's probably between one to three to five years. You go work and you learn and what you do there, the, the most basic level of the job is just client servicing, right? So a lot of the teams on teamwork and the leagues are renewing their subscription to teamwork. And it's your job as the account manager to make sure that they're happy, make sure that they're posting jobs on time. And again, Rob, this is a few years ago. So, so any of this might, yeah. but this was it at the time, you know, you go service these accounts and ultimately renew these accounts. Like that was our job. And it was the bulk of the revenue of teamwork came from the teams in the league, which was a genius idea when it started, which is what's allowed it to, you know, become and maintain such a name in the industry is that all these teams and leagues are renewing and, and keeping their accounts and their candidates and their jobs all in one place on this big machine. So, so our job when, when we were there and there's a few of us at the time, account managers, and I, I, they've grown a little bit since then, but um, is to just make sure all those teams and leagues stay happy and to bring on new teams and leagues and agencies and, and sports organizations and arenas and all the jobs you see on teamwork. There are a group of account managers that are, are making those happen and, and renewing those accounts and keeping the revenue flowing to teamwork. So I, you know, when I started, I was handed a book of business and, and handed all these accounts and said, Hey, these are yours. These are what you're responsible for. And, you know, you need to, to keep this, machine running and, and do whatever it takes to do so. And so, you know, it was a ton of responsibility handed to me very early in my career and probably more than I was ready for, but it's it's definitely a sink or swim environment. And, you know, I, I probably was sinking a lot in the beginning, but ultimately you learn how to swim. And that's um, that when you're, when you're super young and super early in your career, that was such a luxury to me to be given that much responsibility because it, it really forced me to grow up in my career faster than a lot of places would. You know, it's like when you're in that sink or swim, you know, some people sink, but those that swim seem to thrive and, and the alumni that have come out of teamwork is pretty impressive. 
the people in the industry that so, have worked there previously. So take us back to when you were making that decision to go to teamwork, right? It's not your dream job. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, what, what, what was going through your mind when you were making that decision? It's either, you know, how did you, how did you come to that decision to say, yep, teamwork, teamwork, teamwork's the right fit. Before we let JB finish answering that question, let's get to TheraOne CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wersland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device. When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CD products claim, CBD products I should say, claim uh, organic, but still contain up to 30% filler. And these fillers are potentially toxic. Gross. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover body uh, to recover, uh, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. I'm not sure I ever heard the word tin tincture before, but hey, you know they got it. It helps you drift into sleep uh, at night. Anyway, uh, and now through Labor Day. Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners, front office features listeners, a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. That's theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, Send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now, right this very second, to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL with NFL Sunday ticket.tv you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices plus red zone and direct TV fantasy zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players no matter where you live NFL Sunday ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit 
NFLSundayTicket.tv to use your co- promo code BLUEWIRE. So this is a story, Rob, that I probably haven't told publicly, but a couple people will appreciate. I That was a decision that was the hardest decision I've made in my career and, and maybe in my life, just because in the moment, it seemed like such a, a permanent and forever decision. And, you know, now looking back, it seems kind of silly to think about how much that weighed on me at the time. But when you're graduating college, like where you decide to go first, it really sets the tone. And I, the funny part of the story is I actually drove up to Cleveland um, met with Buffy and Buffy offered me the position and I kind of waffled on it and was back and forth. I ended up driving back to Kentucky and Buffy had a pretty stern talking with me about whether or not I wanted to take it, whether or not I was serious about it. And then I actually had to drive back up to Cleveland to reconvince her. I was the right person for the job. So I really, she I rescinded the job decisive, not rescinded, but it was like, do you really want this? You know, you need to come back up here. I basically did a second interview after I had gotten the first job on the first. <laughs> so it's just that, but that's how it works. You know, it's like I had to prove how much I wanted it. And I think that's, that's true for any job, right? Like if you go into a job interview and you're 50, 50 on whether you want to take it, what does that tell your employer, your future employer about how bad you want the job? So it was definitely a lesson learned. And again, I was, I was super green and, and I, uh, it was a quick lesson that I learned swiftly, and um, it was it was a crazy time. But that's how that's how indecisive I was. You know, that's how uh, hesitant I was to take that job and move to Cleveland. And I couldn't be more thankful that I did. But it was, um, yeah, it was a tough decision. And then you talked about a sink or swim, um, sinker sink or swim option that you uh, that you felt. Uh, when you were at when you were at teamwork, right? You started. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but then you kind of figured it out. When you were going through the tough times in your early in your career, how did you go from questioning yourself? I'm assuming that you questioned yourself whether this is going to be the right fit or not. To you know actually doing it. When you're going through those times, you're in Cleveland and you're by yourself and you don't really know anybody. How did you go from sinking to swimming? Yeah, I think this is the point that make or breaks or sink or swims, however you want to phrase it, this is what weeds out a lot of people in the sports industry, right? And it's, it kind of comes down to how bad you want it and how long can you take it until you see a lot of people jump ship, you know, people in sales jobs in sports get a great foundation of sales, they get to work for sports teams for a couple of years, and then they find a more stable or high paying job outside of sports. And you see a lot of people leave the industry after a couple of years, but that's, um, and, and all that was the same for me at teamwork. And I, I don't really have a great answer as to how I maintained it. I think it was just, that's how bad I wanted it. Right. Like I wanted to work in sports so badly that it didn't matter how hard it was or how uncomfortable it was that I was going to make it. And I was just very determined and self-motivated. And I think those were all traits that I had to kind of pull out of myself in those couple of years. And I, I really feel like I grew up in my time in Cleveland and, and at teamwork and with Buffy and, also, you know, a big piece of that was working at teamwork and working for Buffy is not easy. And she'll tell you that and anybody that works there would tell you that. But I, I liken it to playing for a really hard coach. And, you know, if you're playing for Vince Lombardi, practices are going to suck, right? Like it's not going to be fun, yeah. but, but you win championships and you get results. And that's that's similar to working at teamwork and Buffy. You know, she drives a really hard ship and, and sometimes you question yourself, like, what am I doing here? And, why, why am I doing this? Or why is this so difficult? And at the end of the day, she gets results. And I feel like I was a, a 
I'm much more prepared and a better professional after leaving there. But there are certainly days and nights where you look in the mirror and you're just kind of like, what am I doing with myself? But you, know, you just got to believe in yourself and believe, trust the process to borrow a Philly phrase. But that, huh. uh, that, that really was the mainstay for me. You know, that was, I, I feel like you kind of have to be self-motivated in a lot of ways. So then how did, describe how it went from teamwork to Octagon. So that was teamwork for me. You kind of hit on it. Like what exactly were you doing? And I said client services, but it was also helping with teamwork social media. It was also going to networking events, which is where you and I met Rob. Was that one of those yep. networking events in Boston? And, and Chris Bellini, who who's your partner there. So going to those events and traveling and meeting teams and you're selling some of these teamwork sponsorships where you're doing executive searches for hiring events, it's social media, it's client services. So it's so many different things that allows you to really focus on like, okay, teamwork is going to be the first chapter of my career, but where do I want to go from here? And so I realized working at teamwork that I wanted to be in sales in some form or fashion. I really liked being on the agency side. So not being, landlocked to a team or a region or an area, you know, selling into that marketplace. So I liked covering a lot of different areas and geographies. So being at an agency was really appealing to me. Being in sales was really appealing to me. And I had the most friends in Chicago. And so when this job opened up at Octagon, it was just a perfect storm. You know, I played baseball growing up, huge baseball fan. Um, I knew and, and respected Octagon. I wanted to be in sales. I wanted to be in Chicago. And then this sales job popped up at Octagon to go sell for their baseball players, which seemed too good to be true. But during my time in teamwork, I had networked and met the founder and, and my ultimate boss, Bill Picciato, president of Octagon. So when I saw the job, I flipped in my resume. I had an interview the next morning and, you know, went through the process and, and ended up at Octagon. So it sound, you make it sound so easy. <laughs> um, talk about some of the... Um, the networking that you did, I know you're a big proponent of it. Uh, you talk a lot about it through, you're very active on LinkedIn and, um, and, and professionally. Talk about some of the networking that you went through that it made it a bit easier of a transition. Yeah, and ultimately, Rob, it, it did seem that easy when it happened. Like it was almost too good to be true when, when all the chips fell into place, but it was only easy because of the networking and the work that you mentioned, right? Like I, in Cleveland, working for Buffer, you know, Teamwork was the ultimate, my, it was my job to network and to know everyone in the industry and what they were doing and how much they were selling and who their clients were. And like, that was what was expected of us on the job. So for me, it was all of that hard work of, of building a network and, and learning the industry and working for Buffy that allowed that job transition to be a little bit easier than it is for, for maybe anyone else. But, um, yeah, it was it was extremely valuable. Networking is valuable, and you know it's it's also networking, and it's also part branding yourself, and part just knowing the right people, and part just being humble and asking questions and learning. I think you know there's a lot of different ways, there's a lot of different different levels to networking. But yeah, if I if I hadn't built that network and ultimately gotten to gotten my resume in the hands of Phil Picciato, the founder of Octagon, I wouldn't have my job, right? And it was. It was maybe a hundred different things that allowed me to get to that one moment, but when that one moment happened, I was I was well prepared. And I think that's what we try to uh, instill in our listeners is the you know networking can be such a broad and boring topic, but the 
discussion with building this you know network uh, a group of people that uh, you're professionally close with that's the foundation to go get the job at octagon that you've been dreaming about that is the perfect fit for you because if you didn't do it would you say that you wouldn't have had the same you wouldn't have the same job today is that would you say that that's a, an accurate statement no question and networking you know one piece of me getting my job was just having those contact information you know the other piece of networking and getting this job was that i had to convince those that were hiring me at octagon that i was the right person for the job and i was coming for a job but it was a very non-traditional switch and unique if you will a little callback but <clears throat> that's what makes my story so unique is that you wouldn't normally consider someone you know, managing partnerships at Teamwork Online to then be able to go sell for professional baseball players across the country. It's, it's not a very linear transition, but I think that that's where networking was most important for me was that through my network, I was able to talk to so many people that had this job or similar jobs, you know, working in agencies, selling athletes, selling marketing deals. And I, so I, I just had such a good understanding of what the job was, even though I'd never done it before, I had no idea if I could do it. You know, I believed in myself and I thought I could, but I had to convince Octagon that I knew what they were looking for was was in me, right? Like that I knew the business, that I knew the industry, that I knew the brands that were spending money, that I knew how to to like how much to charge for a deal and what how to find a deal, how to how to network and, and source a deal, how to follow up with people and build a sales funnel and a pipeline. Like I'd never done any of that stuff before. So for me, you know, getting this job, that's where networking became so important is I had so many people that I could talk to and really learn like, hey, what's your sales process? Like, how are you? And for me, networking is just learning at the time. Like, I would just set up an interview and just say like, what's your sales process? How are you finding leads? You know, how are you, where do you save their contact information? What's your, do you write a really long opening email or really short? You know, like, <laughs> totally open-ended questions and, and just learn from a lot of people who have this job and just try to roll from there. You know, I think it's, I think it's great. It's like you're reaching out to people to learn tricks of the trade, if you will. Right. Is yeah, and still you know, am, you know, and, st and still am for sure. Like it, like I said, you're never too late to stop learning. I totally agree with that. And uh, when people, my, in my experience when doing that, when you reach out to folks who are doing that, they instantly, become you know um you know friendly they instantly become willing to help you and then you've really made a great connection though you won't really know that you've done it uh or what it could potentially lead to you're just trying to get better as a professional yeah and that's you know two people specifically one is brian matoni he's here in chicago he works for priority and one is garrett hess who does athlete marketing out of charlotte he just he actually manages Bubba Wallace, so he's had quite a ride the last few weeks. But um, just talking to both of those guys, like all that stuff I learned from them, and then Anthony Cadell is another one who was working at Clutch in Cleveland at the time. Like literally just I, I came to them as if I was in third grade and just asked them the most basic yeah. questions and learned. Like I didn't assume that I knew anything that they were doing, right? Like I didn't assume like, hey, because Brian does it this way, that means Garrett does it this way. So they – were all super gracious with their time and just really taught me, you know, basically how they did their job, which I then took elements of each. And that's how I convinced Octagon I was the best person for this job. And I'm still incorporating those, incorporating those elements into my job today. Right. So that's, I, without those people, I probably wouldn't have gotten this job. And then, you 
know, without the people that led me to Filthy Pitcher Auto, I wouldn't have got my resume in the mix. And it, it goes on and on and on. But yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, without those people giving me their time, I wouldn't have known what to do and how to do it. And, you know, they're friends and mentors now, but it, it goes beyond that, right? Like there's, it's those guys times a hundred. And that's, that's really how I just built my knowledge base. And then now that I've been in it for, for a little over three years now, I'm, I'm now I'm departing some of what I know on others and, you know, still learning at the same time. And doing a great job with it. I think one of the things that you have that, um, I think everyone can learn from no matter if you're in year one of your career or you're in year 61 of your career that you can always learn and humility is a great thing. If you go in there saying something, teach me and you've created a you're creating yourself a fertile mind to be able to learn. Those are the most successful people. And I think you've done a great job of that. Uh, and I think there's a lot to be learned from that, that you don't no one has all the answers. And there's always information to learn. And But you've got to be in the right headspace to learn. You can't go in there and be like, what the hell does this guy know? You've got to really be open-minded uh, when it comes to you know learning something new. You've got to be willing to learn, if you will. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Rob. And I, I completely agree. And there's, there's maybe a couple things in the world that I am completely locked in on. Like, I feel really confident I know better than anyone else in the world. And right now, it's it's where the baseball industry stands in terms of marketing, you know, what player deals should look like, how much they should charge. I've, I've just lived and breathed it for three years, but anything outside of that, there's, there's going to be someone who knows more than me on that topic. And I'll be the first one to tell you the things that I don't know. And the first one to ask you a question to try to learn it. So I'm, I'm glad you recognize that Rob. It's, it's something that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm from Brandenburg, Kentucky, a town of 2000 people. So I don't come to you with all this, network and, and resources and know-how, you know, anything that I know I've learned and anything that I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn it from somebody else. So I, I'm not scared to ask questions and not scared to admit the things that I don't know. And yeah, you're exactly right. I, I feel like a lot of people try to walk in and are scared to admit when they don't know something rather than just saying, Hey, hand up. What is that? You know, well, yeah, right. I'm not sure what that means. You know, can you explain that? And that's, that's how you get better. I, 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 if everyone could do what you do, you know, I'm not sure we would have a podcast, but uh, you're just doing a, You're doing a great job with that side of it. So when I look at your job from, you know, uh, from a, uh, I'm looking at a description of what you do each day. This is incredible. You have like the best job in the history of the world. But can you talk a little bit about, you know, your relationship? You got relationship with players. You're doing sales. You're doing you have all kinds of sales opportunities. Talk about what you do every day. And you wrote a uh, great article about, you know, what you do every day. Talk about that, too. Yeah, and that, that one was a couple of years ago. So that's probably evolved since I put that out there. But um, yeah, so the way that we're structured, we have at Octagon, you know, we huge agency. We have baseball, basketball, football, hockey, golf, tennis, soccer, Olympics, action sports. I'm specifically in our baseball division. And within baseball, we have about 10 or 15 agents that are out. And their main job is to recruit clients, number one. And number two is to get their contracts done and bring in revenue to the company via agency fees. Like that's, that's our number one source of revenue, especially in baseball. But as a company, that's how we make money is, is we are experts and we're the best in the business at getting your contract done and managing your business. So that's the agents. And so I work laterally with the agents and 
I work with each agent individually and go out and try to find the right marketing opportunities for their clients. So once they recruit a client, a baseball player, once they recruit someone, they bring them in and then they sign with Octagon and then boom, you get JB as your marketing person. So they have faith and they trust in me and it's my job to go out and find and, and sell them marketing partnerships, but also evaluate those that come in. Uh, I manage all of our trading card business. Uh, I have a partner, Jennifer Masuda. She, she's managing memorabilia. And then really anything you could think of that guys who off the field, a lot of times I just call it external relations and that anything that these guys do off the field at some point will come through my desk. So that's appearances, endorsements, photo shoots, their social media, their charity work. I just try to be involved in everything that they do off the field because I get a better understanding of them and their personal brand and can try to help find them the best opportunities. And ultimately, a lot of what I do too is client servicing and just keeping them happy and all those opportunities that we're finding. A lot of times they're not making the most money in the world off of these deals, but if they have faith that I'm bringing them deals that no other agency or no other agent can do, then we're going to retain them as a client and ultimately they'll retain us as their, as their agency and as their agents. So when it comes time to do those big contracts, that's where, you know, we keep the clients happy and, and that's where we, we butter our bread. Got it. So can you take us through like behind the scenes, right? So JB is in the, when you had an office, so I'm saying the home office. So take us into the home office. Like how often are you, what's a conversation with a player like? What's a conversation with a brand like? And how does your day look? Yeah, so I tell everyone the hardest part of my job, the hardest part of my day is just prioritizing because we have a lot of clients, we have a lot of agents, which that means of just a lot of need. You know, I'm constantly in need of, can you get this guy this deal? Or, hey, this is this guy's favorite brand. Can you, can you make it happen? Can you get it for him for free? Can we do a social media exchange? So there's just so many things that, that guys want and, and you know, marketing is constantly in, in need and in demand for the players. So the hardest part of my day and of my week and of my year is just looking and saying, hey, how am I going to prioritize today? And then the second thing I, I tell this to everyone is that I'm in the business of managing expectations, right? So I need to go to the agent and set expectations with the agent. Like if, if he's looking for a six-figure Gatorade deal for a player who's been in the big leagues for six weeks, that's not going to happen. So it's rather than say, hey, I'm, I'm really trying, I'm really trying, I, I think it could happen next week, it's, I'm much better suited, again, kind of going back to the humility and Really, it comes down to just communication and ultimately managing the expectations, but just saying, hey, he's not going to get a six-figure Gatorade deal until he performs like Bryce Harper and wins an MVP because Bryce Harper has <laughs> a Gatorade deal, you know? So that's that's really it and saying, hey, he might not get the six-figure Gatorade deal, but you know what we could do is I can get him a free shipment of Gatorade. I have a great contact there. We'll ship him some Gatorade. He should post about it on his Instagram. We'll build a relationship. And then when he pops, you know, when he hits – 300 with 30 bombs and 100 RBIs, then we can talk about getting him a Gatorade deal. But until then, and maybe we, it's not Gatorade. Maybe let's look at some emerging brands in this category that are spending money. And, and in the past, it was bio, or Body Armor, and now it's BioSteel. Hey, there's some other brands that we have a shot with, but it's not going to be Gatorade. So just being, knowing the business, knowing the brands, knowing the space, and really just managing expectations. And that goes for the brands too. I can't tell a brand like, hey, if you send this guy a case of Gatorade, He's going to post about it on his Instagram. He's going to give it to his teammates. They're going to take a picture together. It's going to go on their story. They're all going to share it. That would be over-promising to the brand. And 
either did and the brain would be upset with me and I would lose that relationship as well. So I, I have to play both sides and that would, that's what makes my job a little unique is that my shareholders are the players, those that, that determine our success are the players, right? So I have to keep them happy as well. But what makes my job special is that I also have these brand relationships that I need to, to maintain and manage as well. So I can't overpromise and under deliver on either end of that spectrum. So just keeping both of those parties happy and then the actual day-to-day -day and, the, and the nitty gritty we can get into, but that's a lot of it is just making sure the players are happy, making sure the brands are happy. And then, you know, when, when we have time, when we're available, just continuing to build new brand relationships and continuing to open new doors. So if you have to say that with your job and the relationships that you've built, the prioritization that occurs the day-to-day, -day, you know, if you were to go and tell your 22 year old self, right, you're at Fox sports, Ohio, you were to say what personal characteristic or professional characteristic, I should say, do you need to work on the most when I'm 22? If you were to go back to your 22 year old self and say, work on this more. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would say, you know, for me, the biggest part of my job right now is communication, right? Like, Going back to the managing expectations thing, it's just such an important piece of my job to keep everyone happy. But just communicating with everyone and being able to communicate with a 60-year-old CEO of a company who you know, we're doing a deal with, we're negotiating, and then also taking that information, digesting it, and then resharing it to an 18-year-old draft pick, right? Like those two people communicate yeah. very differently. And I think that you know that's, that's a skill that I've, I try to have and a skill that I try to get better every day is like, how do I communicate with all parties at the best of my abilities? You know, if I, I can't take the same 18 year old slang communication that I use to a boardroom with a CEO and I can't take the same verbiage and language that I use with a, a decision maker at a company into a text chat with an 18 year old draft pick. Right. So it, it's <laughs> right. two levels of communication. So that's, I don't know how much I would tell myself at 22 that would change where I am now, but that's just one thing that I've recognized is like just how important that is to be able to communicate to both sides and not come across as too young and immature when you're in that side of the room, but then not come across as too stuffy and too corporate when I'm talking to a client. So just knowing that balance, I think a lot of that self-awareness and just knowing who you are, but you know, to, to better answer your question, Rob, more directly, I think that confidence would be one thing that I would, would try to inject yeah. myself at 22. Like just going back and I told you how I was not sure about working in sports, not sure about whether to move to Cleveland, not sure about this. Like at the time I had so much of that insecurity because I was just like, I don't know if I can make it. You know, there's so many people better than me or that come from, from more privilege than me. And I, and I think even now, like some of the times that I've had either with players or with brands, like if I just had more confidence and spoke more strongly and more loudly, I think that I would come across better on both ends. And that goes back to when I was 22 and, and even now something that's like, Hey, I know this stuff really well. You know, I know our players, yeah. I know what I'm doing so, and I think that'll come, but I think that's one thing, especially when I was at that age, like just more confidence in myself and what I was doing and what I believed in like that. would. And again, I, there's not a lot I would change because I, I love where I'm at. So it's hard to say that, that I would do a lot of stuff differently, but those those two things just it's so important to communicate and it's it's i really wish that i doubled down on myself more often when i was younger 
I think that's great advice. I also think that leads into like being authentic, right? Is just being you. Don't try and be somebody else when you're either just starting or you maybe you're starting at a new place or your work ends like just be you try to and try and try and learn. I think um, and I want to get your opinion on this. When you see people come into the business, I feel like sometimes that you see people that they're trying to be bigger than they are, right? They're trying to be the biggest sports agent in Octagon's history. Just be yourself and then see where it takes you. The other way just feels like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. 100%. I think when people ask, I think the most important characteristic you can have is self-awareness. And I think that some of that does come down to just being authentic and being yourself, but yeah, you have to know who you are and you have to know what you bring to the table and what you're good at and what you're not good at. And all of that, I think we're saying the same thing, Rob. Like it's all of that's important. And I just think being aware of, of who you are and what your strengths are is immensely valuable. And also what your weaknesses are, because not only is that what you could spend time working on, but that's when you say that and you admit those things, going back to what we said earlier, that's shows humility and shows that you're a real person and that you, you know, you're aware of the things that you need to get better at. So yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. So uh, as we, uh, you know, you're a busy man. You've got uh, probably a billion calls to people like Gliber Torres, and they're all figuring out their their baseball uh, their baseball season as we as we speak. But if you were to say, all right, we've got I've got an audience here of a whole bunch of young professionals that are just about to start their career. If you were to say, I've I've got one piece of advice that I think would be the most beneficial from your young career, right? You're only five, six years into this. Um, what do you think has helped you the most thus far as, uh, you know, you're kind of, you're still very early in your career? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I can take this a lot of different ways, but the one that's most true to me and to my story is that usually the road that's the hardest and that has the most obstacles and that's going to be the most difficult for you is going to be the most rewarding and the most fruitful at the end. So it might be really easy to take a job. Like I, I could have very easily taken a job outside of sports and stayed in Cincinnati with all my college friends and been closer to home and had a, had a super happy life. But there always would have been that what if factor, you know, what if I would have took that job at teamwork and then, you know, really grinded it out and gone through all that and then moved to Chicago and started over at Octagon and, and now Three years later, I'm, I'm in a much elevated and much better position at, at the top sports agency in the world. But yeah, I think that the, the manager of the Washington Nationals is Davey Martinez. He's a client of ours, and they obviously had a pretty turbulent season last year, and then they won the World Series yeah. after being 19 and 31. But he had a quote that said, Bumpy roads lead to beautiful places. And that is, is true in so many ways, but I think that's also true in your career. Like, whatever opportunity is the hardest, is probably going to be the best for you, right? Like that goes with your health, your physical fitness, your mental wellness. It's it's harder to sit down and read a book than it is to play video games. It's harder to move across the country and take a job that, that might open more doors for you than it is to take a job down the road that might pay a little bit more. So, so many levels to it, Rob. But yeah, I think that a lot of times it's the hardest thing in your life and the hardest road will probably be the most fruitful down the road and really just doubling down and believing in yourself and taking a gamble on, on a journey that might be more difficult, but might open more doors. That's, that's my advice. That's great advice. I also think too, you just don't want to take a blind gamble either. You want to make sure that you've done your research and talk through it uh, and that it'll end up actually being 
the right decision once you do it, though it might be the bumpiest of roads. Right, right. 100%. 100%. Well, uh, JB, I am uh, so thankful for your time. Uh, you were a uh, wonderful guest. Uh, really appreciate everything. And, uh, you know, best of luck, um, you know, as uh, they go through this uh, shortened season, as your clients go through this shortened baseball season. Um, but uh, anxious to see uh, your continued success. And I encourage people to give you a shout on uh, on LinkedIn and uh, and reach out. Uh, you've, uh, you're a wonderful guy and really appreciate uh, you joining me here today on uh, Front Office Features. I appreciate it, Rob. When I have a bad day, I'm going to call you. I, I like all the hype up. So I uh, <laughs> and, uh, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. And look forward to staying connected. Of course, man. Of course. All right, bud. Be good. All right, bro. See you. Thank you.